You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 310 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malusha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. Excited about this week's episode, Complete Guide to Product Photography. But yes, we've had yes. a lot of discussion in the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook group uh, about the uh, salt vinegar versus plain Pringles <laughs> debate. And it appears that I'm out here on my own as the uh, one of the very few lovers of plain. It seems that the majority overwhelming majority love the salt and vinegar Pringle chips. I rest my case. Mm. Thank you, everybody. You mm. are my people. There you go. I'm just an alien, I feel. Yeah, I've always thought that. <laughs> I know. You're not the only one. Oh, well, that's fine. It's more um, more for me. And it's obvious that uh, the uh, the local supermarkets here in Melbourne must listen to the podcast because guess what was on sale all week? Half price, Pringles. Oh, let me guess. And they're not cheap either. They're, they're oh, quite okay. expensive. And, I thought uh, you were going to say Nutella. No, Pringles on special, like loads yeah. and loads and loads of them. And front and centre, what part of their display, the salt and vinegar and the plain. So there you go. Uh-huh. So... Of course, now you guys can, if you've listened to last week's episode, you can feel completely justified in buying said Pringles because yeah. you can use them as light modifiers yeah. or in use them to hack in your photography gear in yeah. some way. So go forth and uh, eat your salt and vinegars. Yeah. So it's an investment. It's probably a tax write-off too, Val. It is a tax write-off. I'm sure. (laughs) This is not legal advice. Don't take it seriously. Yeah, (laughs) not actual tax advice. Um, So we want to give a big shout out to Alan Goldberg, who kindly left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Alan said, "Hi, Gina and Valerie. I stumbled upon the podcast by chance a few months ago. To say I am binge listening is an understatement. I love, love, love. It is." just the best (laughs) and the knowledge I'm gaining is unbelievable to get this type of knowledge I would have had to do a photography course and even then who knows I'm so grateful thank you guys both so very much keep it up please never stop (laughs) (laughs) that's so great thank you so much Alan thank you that's awesome you made our day when people leave us reviews makes me very happy yes Really, really appreciate you doing that, Alan, because sometimes when we talk to each other, we don't necessarily know, you know, who else is out there. So when we receive uh, notifications like that, it's really awesome. And of course, if any other listeners have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcast platform is, we'd really be grateful because it helps us in the rankings. Also with our listener community, 
do make sure you join our Facebook group. It's free to join. It's called, you just need to search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and request to join. It'd be great to have you in there. Mm. So what else has been happening in your world, Gina? Oh, just been busy with the Goldies this week and, like, I am so proud of the work they're doing. Like, I've got everyone doing drills and it seems to be like they're, and, and it just, I love seeing them, you know, get, get pick up a light for the first time and, uh, mm. you know, bringing in what's really cute is when they bring in their family members and you see the long-suffering husbands and wives and partners <laughs> as the they call them voice-activated light stands. And then, you know, you see the kids who are sitting in and it's like the young kids are really enthusiastic, but then you see the teenagers or they've got the teenage face look. It's like, I'm only doing this because you've bribed me with Pringles. But they'll do it and they'll sit in and then just to see them taking off and, you know, getting these uh, beautiful lighting scenarios, picking up, you know, work and advancing their Photoshop skills and their Lightroom skills and their, you know, we've got product photographers in there, we've got food photographers, we've got, you know, wedding and portrait photographers, all kinds and they're all just kicking goals. It's fantastic to see. I'm so proud of them. Mm, absolutely. And if you want to find out a little bit more about the wonderful Gold community, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold community. If you want to take your photography to the next level, I'd like to invite you to join my Gold community. I love mentoring members and many achieve so much more than they think is possible. Here's what Frank Romano had to say. When I called you and, and you were gracious enough to, to humour me and something magical happened that night and, uh, you know, uh, when you just showed me two or three things, my mind just went boom and I just said, yeah, this is, this, this is it, away we go. And um, the flame's been uh, roaring ever since. You know, I get up at six, uh, you know, six six thirty every day, and I would spend at least half an hour to an hour every day uh, learning uh, some mm. some skill, either a technical skill, a creative skill, uh, online listening to, uh, or you know, going through your uh, your tutorials. I've been through your tutorials many many times, again mm. and again and again. Um, so, so. It's, it's, it's really uh, identifying, you know, and I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, aren't clear, well, you know, why, why are you actually doing this? What's your intention? And they're not totally focused and committed on that. But if you're totally focused and passionate about achieving that intention, then you'll focus your attention on those areas and, and you'll, you'll uh, achieve or you'll go looking for the skills. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, just go to ginamilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, let's move on to this week's topic, a complete guide to product photography. This is really cool because mm. there's always a need for product photography. Um, and I used to be in charge of organizing the product. I, I wasn't photographing. I was coordinating the photographers, uh, organizing the product photography when I worked in some of my jobs in magazines. Mm. And it's, it's, there's an art to it. There really I tell is. you what, isn't yep. there? Yes, there you is. You can't just, people think that they can just whack a product onto some, you know, white background and, and shoot or, or flat lay it onto a, 
uh, hipster wooden table. Mm. Um, but there's a lot more to product photography than that. So where do we start with this, Gina? Well, I think it, this is like I know we've got a lot of portrait photographers that listen to this uh, podcast and, you know, we know that my specialty is working with people. But I did start out shooting products and I think like for a lot of the photographers that are looking to uh, earn a little bit of extra income, like it might be your hobby but you want to look at how you can uh, break into the industry, I think that shooting products is a great way to do that and I think mm. that even if you want to just specialize in say weddings or portraits I think you should also learn how to do products as well because I know that many 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 occasions in my career I've been asked to maybe shoot an event and then while I'm there you know that might be the the sponsor of the event wants to get their product seen as well at the event so I'm I'm find myself shooting products or it might be Mm. that you know I'm shooting uh, the general manager of a company and and you know all the associates and they're like oh but we've also got the products that we want to do so can you do those as well you know so you've got that opportunity to add value to your shoots and I think that the demand these days uh, for product photography has never been higher because like everyone now has to convert to online, you know, with uh, what's been going on with the pandemic. Suddenly uh, the brick and mortar store uh, had to sort of re re sort of pivot and then put all their stuff online. So, you know, the mum and pop stores for a point, they're going to do it themselves, but there's going to come a point in time when, when it's just too much for them to keep bringing you know shooting all that product so that's where we as photographers come in and I think it's a great way for you you know wherever you live if you live in a big city or a small community there's always going to be artists um, and uh, anyone that makes products you know people that manufacture food these products need to be photographed in various different ways and seen either online not so much catalogue these days but online and then you know next level people People are still using billboards and um, ads in in certain uh, magazines. They still exist to promote these products. So, um, you know, and then there's also there's you've got high-end campaigns for luxury goods and then you've got low-end catalog campaigns and and then you've got like things like cookbooks and so every online every business needs that online presence so what I wanted to do is do a real deep dive into product photography and just explain the different styles of product photography and then how you guys can get into this at home because the barrier to entry is very very low so I've got examples where I've shot stuff with a single speed light and I've also got examples where I've used continuous lighting to give um, you know pretty decent results at you know at a budget level and also you know if you don't you don't need the big studio fancy studio and lots of gear if you've got a kitchen table you can pretty much shoot there and you know do lots of great work so um the, so what let, let's break it down, Val. So um, okay, there's a lots of uh, different niches. So product is basically you know it's something that doesn't have a mother, right? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that description. Okay, something that doesn't have a mother. All so right. You know, it's an object and you can you can there are niche specialists in in each little individual. So you can start off with like with portrait photography, you could start off photographing everything and then niche down that you so you only do elopement photography or children's photography and with product photography you could niche down and just be a food photographer and you could niche down further and just be a photographer of frozen food which is a lot more difficult than it sounds and um, you could also be like a a cake photographer that's your specialty you just make cakes look good or you could be a car photographer or wine or you know watches or jewelry that's another specialty so um and use this to supplement uh your portrait photography while you're growing that so it's a great way to do that so um what's really fantastic um about products is they don't move so this mm. means that the type of lighting that you can get away with product photography is a, a lot easier. So you can use continuous lighting. And when you're starting out, um, I think that learning how to light products is a great way to learn how to light full stop. Now, I, I uh, mm. often would share uh, when I had uh, studios, there was often like food photographers or product photographers that I shared studios with. And I actually learned a lot by watching how they lit the shots so and how they brought them to life. So, But you can get away with just using one continuous light. And when you're starting out, you can even use just daylight if you know how to work with that daylight and then you can start adding um, continuous lighting or even a single flash so let's break down the different types of product photography because if uh, a client comes to you and says hey Dave I everyone's called Dave in my world Dave, yeah. Dave right um, hey Dave I want you to uh, photograph some products for me and you go yeah sure and you take them back and you photograph them you need to ask more questions of the client and you want to know exactly yeah. what that product is going to be used for because there are yep. different styles of product photography so Let's Absolutely. break them down. So there's basically three categories and there's little subcategories in there, but the three main okay. ones are catalog, mm. advertising, and lifestyle product photography. All right. Okay, yeah. Now yep. catalog photography is the the idea of catalog photography. So think about when you're shopping online and you go to one of the big box stores online and you want to buy mm. a jar of Nutella, right? Yes. When you're shopping online, it's really important that you you want or you're buying like what do I buy online? I buy shoes online. What's your really? Yeah, I do. I buy shoes online. If I if if I know my um, because you know how when I find something, I just stick with that for the rest of my life. Yes. Yes, like the jeans that you're wearing and the T-shirts that you wear and the vests that you wear that you've worn for the last 30 years. 30 years, years yes. that's it. So I just, you know, mm-hmm. when they lose their shape and they get, you know, the, the heels fall off, I just get a new one. So like at the moment, mm. the boot of the, of the year, the shoe of the year is the brown three-quarter boot, right? Lace-up leather boots. And so I know the brand, I know my size, and so mm-hmm. I will go online and, and find those. And uh, sometimes I might deviate and try a, another brand, but I want to see 
exactly what that product looks like. And so when you go online, you look and you'll click on the photo and there might be a photo that shows it from the side, from the top. You'll see the, the, the detail in the stitching and that should be enough to so that you can make an informed decision and buy that product. So it's really important that if you are asked to shoot catalog photography it's generally shot on white and that's the default of like when you go on ebay or amazon have a look at all the product shots always shot on white okay yes so it's simple photography that shows exactly what the product looks like and you want the other really important thing is you want the product so it's not something that you can just um pop pop down and then shoot it at you know f 1.2 and so that the you know the the very front of the product is in focus and everything else is out of focus it needs to be sharp all the way through so that the consumer can see exactly what they're getting so the other thing that's really important is the color needs to be accurate so if i was buying say blue shoes which were were the look of 2016 right Mm -hmm. There's a particular blue that I like and there's a particular blue that I don't like. So if I'm looking online and I see that it's that blue and I go, that's the blue that I want, and then I get the product and it's teal instead, I would be happy. So it's crucial that when you're photographing stuff that's going to be seen online, that the colors are correct and true to the product. Otherwise, the client's not going to be happy. So shooting catalog is all about showing that product as it is in you know as close to real life as you can yes. get so it needs to be cleanly lit you don't want yep. moody lighting for this you don't want to have funky looking backgrounds or bokeh or stuff in the shot or overly styled it's just the product on its own on a white background sharp yep. all the way through that's now, right advertising photography slightly different and i'm using nutella examples if you want to go to the show notes at GinaMilitia.com, just go to the the podcast the, the episode 310 you'll see uh examples that show exactly what i'm talking about so when it's advertising uh this is where things can get a bit more creative because yeah. advertising isn't necessarily about selling the product it's selling the dream of who you'll be if you have that product. And there's a big difference. So when it's actually the product, you've all, the the person already, like when I'm buying Nutella, they've sold me already. I want that Nutella. (laughs) I'm just looking at the the jar and I'm like, is that jar big enough for me? That's the one I want. But the answer's no. The step before that is the advertising that needs to sell me the dream of the type of person I'm going to be if I purchase Nutella, all right? So it's aspirational, it's high-end, high production value. So where catalog, you might be expected as a catalog photographer to bang out 100 shots in a day. It's just like one setup, you've got the lighting all set up and you're just swapping out the products and you're shooting them as fast as you possibly can. Nothing really changes. With advertising, you've got a whole crew involved. So say for a Nutella advertising creative shoot you've got the jar the 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 
the product in the shot somewhere, but then there's also the situation that it's photographed in and then you want to show the Nutella as the hero. So you've got food stylists involved and there's, you know, someone that just puts spreads the Nutella who's an expert at getting the Nutella to look just so that when you see that shot, you're drooling all over how mm. beautiful this product is. And there's, you know, someone who, who's ordering the strawberries and the blueberries to go on top of the, I don't know, why they've done that to Nutella it's just like a Nutella uncut only it's just straight out of the jar you don't need to do anything it's just anyway but you know for this <laughs> shot they wanted to 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 show that you know if you're imagine you being in this spot where you're in this beautiful location having this beautiful breakfast of raisin toast with nutella and strawberries can i just say that there's so so many things wrong with this concept because even though i don't worship nutella in the same way you do i do appreciate that nutella itself Mm. is more than enough I would never contemplate put, n- putting Nutella on raisin toast. No, it's wrong. So this is oh where, you know, you've got the advertising people who are just sometimes they do get it wrong and they've got no idea or understanding of the product. You know, you actually just said a tagline that we could give Nutella. What's that? Uh, it's more than enough. Did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nutella more than enough that's all you need or like you know straight out of the jar you don't it doesn't need anything you know i'm not like nutella if you're listening call us we're available (laughs) so when a shoot like this high-end high production it might be an entire day to get that one shot where they try lots of different things, you know, um, you know, I can see the knife with the Nutella dipped in it. They would have placed it in the bottom right-hand corner. They've tried it in the left-hand corner. There is 20 people looking at the shot, you know, all trying to make a creative decision about how we sell this product as high-end, all right? So that's yeah. advertising. Now, Lifestyle um, are trying to sell... Uh, the image and the identity. So it's like picture yourself in this situation. So they want the people that are looking at that image to uh, that, that, that they associate that brand with a certain lifestyle. So that's what lifestyle is about. And you can see uh, in the Nutella lifestyle shot that I uh, have picked out, it's like Nutella your weekend deserves Nutella. And then in the background, out of focus family, um, sitting around, you know, eating Nutella. So if I have the Nutella, this is the dream. I'm living the dream and this is the sort of the lifestyle. And it's a very different looking shot to what you saw as the slick advertising shot. The, um, the jar is sharp. But in the background, the family can't, so out of focus, like you can you wouldn't know who they were. You wouldn't be able to recognise them. The light's streaming in. It's it's got that lifestyle, uh, you know, feel about it. Like you've just glanced over and seen, you know, caught this out of the corner of your eye. Sort of, it's a it's a captured a moment in time. So that's the difference in the three different categories. All right, mm. makes sense. Yep, makes sense. All right, so back to the catalogue. When you're lighting uh, stuff for catalogue, there are like something that's uh, going to make your life a lot easy is something called a Psych Lorama 
or a sweep is the other word I've heard for it. But I um, have always known it as a psyche. So it's a, it's kind of like a, it, it can be a curtain or wall or paper or uh, plexiglass, uh, and um, and it's formed into a concave like a sweep. All right, so it's a curved wall basically that can be made out of paper, curtain, so the curve, or perspective. So the curve, everyone, is so that you don't see where the floor joins the um, wall. So that yeah. that edge is what you can't see. Instead, that bit is curved, so it looks like there's no that it kind of goes on forever. Yeah, and so the advantage of using uh, perspex, or as our uh, US listeners or the rest of the world call it, plexiglass, um, mm-hmm. uh, as a base, is it, it's a really beautiful way to create reflections on the surface. And also, if you've got some curved, you can actually buy product tables, which are basically the the plexiglass curved, a concave curve, and so you've got no seam, no edge and you can actually light the product from underneath and also from the top. So it's got that advantage of that and you can create the the, uh, the reflection there. And so in the show notes, I've got the two examples of Nutella shot just on a table and then there's a wall in the background and you can see the seam uh, where the table and the wall meet and, and you've got this like line coming through. And then the difference when you've got a, 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 using a psych or a sweep, it's a much cleaner looking product and it's just like if you can shoot these and create as little work for yourself in post-production then you're doing well so you've got like a lovely white background and the image kind of is is just floating there in space with no distracting edges okay so that just makes your work look a little bit more high end and at home you can create it like if you've got your kitchen table just move it over against a wall and you can just uh, create a little sweep yourself if you're just shooting little products you you know you need a like an a a1 size sheet of paper and you can make a little cardboard. sweep yourself or cardboard or a thicker card uh, will do the job so um, now when you're getting started basic gear basic basic gear uh, to get started is uh, like a, a camera so DSLR mirrorless or even a smartphone will work you really do need a tripod for shooting products because if you're going to be doing lots of products one after the other it's really important that you keep everything consistent and there's lot not a lot of movement of the camera and so that's why I think a tripod is essential and it also when you're working with a tripod it gives you the option of shooting a lot slower because remember the product doesn't move it just sits there so if you can if you want to expose a shot for a second using daylight you can so you can shoot inside or use continuous lighting so that's why you really want to have a tripod lock the camera up and I'm going to show you some techniques in this episode where it's absolutely crucial that you use a tripod another thing that you want to have is a reflector now that doesn't necessarily have to be one of the you know uh, five in ones that you buy although I think for for what they cost they're, they're kind of a really uh, good thing to have as a photographer because yeah. you've got the silver side, the black side, uh, the white side, the gold side, and then when you zip off the outside, the insert inside is like a, a translucent uh, 
diffuser that you can also use to modify your lights. So if you're buying one online, buy two so that you've got the insert as well because they come in really handy. But if you're, you know, chomping at the bit to get, you know, to go and shoot some products after you listen to this episode, then you can just use card or even A4 paper, just fold it in half and use that as fill uh, as well. So um, you don't necessarily need a reflector, but it is going to help. Now, you can have a speed light or, so simple to starting out, get yourself a Yongnuor or a Godox or any of the uh, cheaper brands, 80 bucks online. And that's one light, you, and I'll show you uh, how you can, with one light, you can do something that normally would have you would have had to shoot with five lights before um, uh, digital was invented, all right? So Tiger's come along just to... Hello, Tiki. He likes, to be, he likes to be on the show every week. Yes, yes. He's, <laughs> you know, offering his advice on he does. how to do product photography as well. Um, so continuous lights, Val, are something that come in really handy for shooting products. And again, if you don't have continuous photography lighting that have got the branding on them, you can just go out and get yourself... Um, there's work lights that you can get from hardware stores. They're about 20 bucks each. And I've also used torches before. So just cheap LED torches will do the job. And uh, that's enough to get you started. Uh, I've got a continuous light from Godox, which was like cost under $100, I think. And it's like you can change the... Um, the uh the power of it and you can it's it's got barn doors and it attaches to a boom and it's really handy and it's like for some of these shots that's all i use so it's either a uh, a godox flash or a a simple um continuous light or you can just use a desk lamp and change the make sure you change the the globe over if you've got like a tungsten which is a warmer globe just go and buy yourself like a higher powered cheap uh daylight balanced globe and that's going to that's going to be enough to get you started to shoot daylight just that and the the desk lamps are really good because you know the ones that are bendy fell you can sort of bend them and change the position of them yes desk lamps one of those and you can also uh get desk lamps that they've, they're a clamp they clamp to the edge of the desk rather than oh, having yes. a base they're really handy as well because they've got the the bendy bit and then the, there's the light at the end and you can bend them and maneuver them to exactly where you want and so something like that can with a uh, a diffuser in front of it is is like creating your own large light source so that works very well some essential accessories that you need to get yourself started uh, shooting products is uh, your, your, your plexiglass or your roll paper and again you can go to a, an art supply uh, shop and get yourself like you know sort of larger sheets of white card you can also if you want to move into more creative styles of product photography like more leaning towards the lifestyle and the advertising you might want to get yourself different colored cards and that's again not very expensive and it's something that if this is something that you want to get into all the great product photographers and food photographers have a fantastic collection of props and backgrounds and little tackle boxes that they keep all their bits and pieces in so it's a good idea to get yourself a little toolbox 
and mm. uh, have all your little bits and pieces all together. So some other essentials are, and I don't know what the generic brand for this is, we call it Bluetack in Australia. Is there a um, generic name for that? Oh, I'm not sure. Isn't it Bluetack in I think America? It's, I think Bluetack is like the uh, like a, a brand name. So I don't know what it's called, but it's the stuff that you um, use to put posters on walls. It's like a tacky, like it's like a gum that you can mould into place. Oh, and plastic tack apparently is oh, one. Oh, plastic tack. So that's that, and it comes in different colours. If you can get tack it. Tack it. So it comes in blue and yellow and white. <laughs> white is a good idea to get, or, you know, you can get different colors so that it matches your product. Uh, the other thing that you can use, and I think it's essential for shooting products, is a little glue gun. And you know where you got to go to get one of those? Where they sell it? Yeah. <laughs> so you got to go face the women who give you attitude and uh, face I'm all your sure fears. I'm sure that that uh, is only a tiny no, proportion of it's people. It's all of them. It's not that. It's just that Gina feels, if you work at I Spotlight, we love you, I love Spotlight, yeah, yeah. Gina just feels inadequate because do she doesn't feel know inadequate. as much as you. It's me projecting because I know nothing and I feel like, yes. Uh, so <laughs> glue guns are fantastic. Another essential is uh, something like cleaning alcohol, which is called something that I can't pronounce. It's like isopropanol or something. Oh, isopropanol. There you go, Val. So a very big word. If you want to throw that out in conversation, make yourself sound intelligent, then that's good to do. So why you want to clean your products is when you're shooting macro um, and you're very – oh, did I mention in the camera gear uh, – a macro lens comes in really handy for shooting uh, products or a lens that can shoot a lot closer than your normal lens. And so a hundred millimeter is kind of the, like the sweet spot for products because if you've got a wide angle lens like a 24 and you're trying to fill the frame with a product, you've got to bring the camera right up close and when you try when you bring a wide angle lens close to something it distorts all the angles so it's really important if you're trying to get a realistic version of the product that obviously the verticals need to be vertical and you don't want to distort the product so i think like a hundred mil lens is a good little sweet spot and macro is an added bonus but you can also if you've got something like the 24 to 105 that works well and you know if you've got the uh, kit lens that comes you, you can make that work as well and maybe sort of stick around the longer sort of uh you know uh 80 or higher will give you a more accurate representation of that product all right so glue gun cleaning alcohol you want to clean your products and make sure that you even go to the next level of wearing gloves like even rubber gloves so because once you've cleaned the product you don't want to then put lint or dust back on it and you don't really see it with uh, the naked eye but once you get in and zoom in close you'll see little bits of lint and dust and cat hair and all sorts of things that you then have to retouch so you want to save yourself that extra work and and clean the products as well Little things like black and white card help a lot with products because you can use the black card as a cutter to control light, white card to fill light. And little things like um, makeup mirrors, Val, are so handy. So you can get these at like the little dollar stores, uh, the magnifying mirrors that have a little stand. You can actually use those to add uh, highlights and reflections into your products. 
fishing line, a steamer or an iron if you're shooting flat lays or clothing, you, you want to iron it or steam it first. So that's an essential and um, I think I've covered everything. So it comes down to like with our um, portrait photography, it's all about the preparation. So you want to make sure that you spend the time preparing your product, preparing the lighting, getting the nailing the lighting right, getting everything looking really good in camera so that you minimize the amount of work that you do uh, on on the actual post production because you don't want to be end up you know um, having to clean the background that takes forever just get it right in camera and get that lighting right so um, when you're shooting products for catalog and uh, and general lighting I find that top lighting is the way to go because it not only lights the background but it also lights the product beautifully and you get minimal shadows and the the mistake I see a lot of first timers make is they'll just try and light it like uh, they light their portraits which is from the side and what happens is you'll get like half the product lit and then the other half falls off into shadow and the background has shadows on it as well but when you use the top lighting it lights the background and the product and if you've got something like a large octa and a a, a, a single speed light that's going to light the background and the product beautiful soft lighting if you don't have an octa box then you put a uh diffuser a large diffuser between the light and your product and that's going to do a similar thing to the octobox it'll diffuse and soften the light because what you want is nice looking product minimal shadows all right and so that's it so little things like making sure that you get rid of labels that you line everything up that so it's square and you spend a little bit of time just reviewing the shot because it's not going to the thing with products is they don't get annoyed at you. <laughs> um, they don't yeah. roll their eyes. <laughs> they don't roll sure. their eyes at all. Not once. Although, you know, okay. so, th- so, so they're not judging you. They're not. So you can take <laughs> four good. days getting this shot right and you don't have to worry about it because they're not going to complain. They don't need to be fed. They don't need a break. <laughs> you don't have to stoke their ego. You can just stoke your own and go, God, I'm good. Look at this. Look how good <laughs> you look. You look amazing. I'm amazing, you know. So you can have that whole dialogue just to pump yourself up while you're doing it, all right? Now, okay. another mistake that a lot of people make when they're doing their product shots is they overstyle it. So it's like, and I'm sure you've seen this in the magazine world, Val, where you've asked for a product to be shot and it's hard mm. to tell what the actual hero of the shot is. So yeah. I guess it's the same sort of thinking with when you're shooting uh a portrait you want the person that you're photographing to be the hero of the shot and you know you see a lot of portraits where it's the person and then the background and there's so much going on that it's overwhelming and it's the same with products keep it simple and keep the styling to a minimum and I think if you're starting out and you know that someone who is starting out as a stylist 
Start those relationships. Look for people like that that you can work with and you can maybe build folio together. The stylist mm. needs product shots to show off their styling skills. You as the photographer need uh, someone to help you style so you can show off your lighting and photography skills so you m- match made in heaven, right? And this is something yeah. that a relationship that you can have forever. And I'll tell you, a good stylist, oh my God, is worth their weight in gold because oh, they yeah. just... The eye that they have and the things that they see and the st- what they bring to a shoot is beautiful. So, yeah. um, you know, that is worth think worth uh, looking into. Another thing that you want to do is make sure that you're, uh, you, when you see great props and backgrounds, start collecting them. So, you know, timber, like rustic timber that you can put underneath something, you know, as uh, like floorboards make great backgrounds or the the base of a shot. Uh, things like wallpaper. When's your range coming out, Val? Should pe- can people buy it for backgrounds? <laughs> <laughs> soon, very yeah. soon. All right, so ba- wallpaper makes really really interesting backgrounds for shots and you can get all sorts of different uh, wallpapers that are like got textures because you know texture helps uh, make your, your your shot sing so there's all sorts of things that you can do to help uh, tell the story and finally a really good rule of thumb and like with uh, portraits is when you're shooting a product I think they look best at a slight angle rather than dead square on. So like a three-quarter angle just makes it, gives it a bit of movement and makes it look a little bit sexier. All right? Cool. All right. So backgrounds. Now. Backgrounds, uh, yes. White backgrounds. There are, uh, as I said, when you're shooting a white background, you can light the entire set if you've got a small product from above. If you've got a large set and you want to light a a white background and you are not uh, subscribed to my newsletter, if you subscribe to my newsletter, there is a free ebook called The Shot that I give you a step-by-step lighting diagram of how I do all my white backgrounds all the lighting I use all the settings I use that'll give you a beautiful white background when you're using a sweep or a a psych so for the larger sets so you can take that um, diagram and use it as well for um, smaller sets as well and uh, it, it works really well so you get a lovely white background but for a smaller set just one large light over the top will give you a beautiful white background or um some people like to give a bit of variety and shoot their products on black. So to do that, you can um, just the way that you shoot a black background is stop all the way down and shoot, uh, take the shot until you see nothing in the background. So there's no ambient light and then you add light to the shot. Does, it, does that make sense? I think we've talked about how to get a black background. But there's all yes. sorts of different things that you can do uh, with the uh, the different lighting styles. The other thing you can do is you can, if you're doing lifestyle shots, is you can create bokeh as a background. So um shooting very uh wide open so uh like the wide open depth of field like if you f f 2.8 or f uh 1.4 1.8 wide open and with a long lens close to the product so that the background uh throws out a focus and you get those lovely little bokeh balls that is a great background textures and fabrics now i 
I personally find that there, there used to be this style of photography uh, where I think it came out of the Renaissance where they'd get like fabric and drape <laughs> it. Because there was camera. <laughs> no, but it's based on the way artists used to paint. Like they, you'd, they would get uh, fabric and drape it so that it had lots of wrinkles and all of that. And that sort of hung on. Some, somehow there's people still do that as a background. I, I personally... Okay, yeah. I, I find it really messy and distracting. It's a lot going on in the background. So I think that if you're going to use fabric, use it really flat so that you don't, and get rid of all the wrinkles because I think the wrinkles look shite, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the when you're shooting product for catalogue, one of the most essential things that we've talked about is it needs to be absolutely sharp all the way through and if you're limited in the amount of light that you're using or uh, you want to shoot with a long lens it's very hard and you're shooting macro it's very hard even at like f16 or f22 to get a shot that's absolutely pin sharp from the front to the back but there's a workaround Val. And okay. the v- workaround, uh, the, I got my Lego out for this, I got my Figos out, um, is something called focus stacking. And it, guys, okay. it's so easy to do and uh, it can m- take your images from uh, where you've got something that maybe the front is in focus but the products at the back are out of focus. You can use this technique to basically get an image that's sharp all the way through so basically what it is is you set up your shot and you can see if you go to the show notes you can see my little lego fellas set up and i've got uh one lego right at the front and then the next row i've got two lego guys and then there's a third row with another two and then all the way back there is uh my fourth row Yes. Uh, so, so it's a deep shot. Does that make sense? And I'm sort yep, of a deep sort shot of, of the village people, like so, so that it might be that you might have a a whole range of products, like you might have several jars or several perfume yeah. bottles, and you want it to be sharp from the very front all the way to the very back. So I'm demonstrating it with Lego. So what you do is you set up your shot and you light it however you want and you get all your settings right and then you want to um, lock your, your tripod and and nothing nothing moves now, all right? You're not changing any of the settings. And then what you want to do is make sure that you set your um, shutter to go off with a five-second delay or have a remote to trigger because every time you press the shutter, you may knock the camera a little bit, all right? Yes. And what you're doing simply is taking a series of shots where you also need to know how to move the focus points of your camera because what you're going to be doing is focusing in different places all the way through the frame from front to back in little steps so that um, you'll build up a, a series of images that, that the, the, the first one will be focused in the front. The second shot, so the first shot I've taken, I've photographed Steve in the, um, in the orange fluoro vest, all right? And okay. then the second shot, you can see that I've focused on the policeman, Joe, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third shot I focused on, what is that guy, like the spaceman or, you know, the mo- motorcycle policeman, <laughs> Dave. Okay. 
and yes. then the, and then there's another image where I've photographed Tony right at the back, and there's also right. a guy who's got his shirt off. Oh, I don't know what he does in the village people. <laughs> it does look like the village people. Okay, so you take those image. Okay, so you you compose and expose your image. Focus on the front object. Take the first shot. And then without moving the camera or changing any settings, you move the focus around and repeat this until you're focused on every different component of the shot, all right? Mm -hmm. Then what you do is you open up Photoshop and you've got, um, you go to File, Scripts, Mm -hmm. Load Files into Stacks, and basically following this, uh, Photoshop will then take all the different images that you've taken and um, you then go to edit, uh, auto blend layers and Photoshop, very clever, very clever, takes all those photos that you've taken and it looks at them and it takes the sharp bits from all the photos and merges them into one image. And you end up with the final shot where I've got all the village people are sharp from the start all the way to the back. Oh, cool. How cool is that? And it's really, guys, it's so easy. So if you've got, if you want to practice this, just get daylight so that you've got a window at your back. Set up a little little table just near the window and place uh, your, you you, you can use golf balls or pencils or whatever it is, but just set up a shot where there is, um, it's it's a deep image. So you've got, and focus on the front image, then you can do it with flowers, Val. You can do it with any product that you want to get it sharp all the way through using macro. So that's how you do it. And it's a really great way to get a nice, super sharp image. All right. Cool. Excellent. Great. Next technique I want to show you is that uh, if you want to get sexy lighting with one, and you've only got one flash. So this is what you can do using, say, a speed light, and maybe you have a softbox or an octabox, or you might want to use the speed light with a uh, diffuser. So you're shooting with a diffuser. It's a lot easier to do if you've got like an octabox attached to the speed light. And basically, it's a, uh, a composite of lots of different lighting. So you can see I've got the final, um, in, the, in the show notes, Val, you can see I've got the final Nutella product. How good does that yes. look? Nutella, call me, <laughs> call me. I'm like, honestly, how? Just imagine me in the Nutella factory. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> They'd yes. be looking at the security footage and there's like there's a woman bathing in the Nutella van. Ah. <laughs> She's so happy. Yes, but basically this uh image, the final image, is made up of five separate shots. Okay, and then they're merged together in Photoshop. So what I do is the first image is I place my light with so you you've got to work out what your light settings is so i'll tell you i've got my light settings uh did i put them in i didn't include them in the show notes but basically i think i'm shooting around f8 uh one two hundredth of a second iso 100 uh with my single light flash so the first shot I brought my Octobox directly behind the product, the Nutella product. So Nutella's sitting on a um, piece of Perspex or plexiglass. So the first shot I shoot, uh, I take a shot 
from behind the Nutella jar, okay? And that gives me my white background. The second image I've taken to the side of the Nutella jar and that gives me the highlight camera left. And then I take it to the other side to get my highlight camera right. And then I light from the front to get the label looking nice and the front of the jar. And then what I do is I get a black strip of card that's maybe twice the width of the Nutella jar. And I put that down the middle of my Octobox and then hold that against my Octobox and shoot the background. And that gives the lovely little edge light to the Nutella jar, all right? So, so the edge light, shots. everyone, is literally just the highlights around the edges yeah. of the jar. Okay, now you can go further and you can do like special graduated lighting across the um, the lid if you want. There is like the, the sky's the limit to how many um, examples you can do. And then what I do is combine all those images in Photoshop as layers. So you've got to layer them yeah. all up so you can, uh, there's, there's a way that you can automate that. So um, you, you bring all the images into Photoshop and um, you want to go to edit auto align layers. And what Photoshop will do is because sometimes there's like a little bit of movement that happens when you might be, she might have knocked the table a little bit and it's just out mm-hmm. of register. So you want to make sure that every single shot is in exactly the same position. All right. So they're all lined up individually. And then basically all you do is you work your way through all the files, change the blend mode to lighten and um, you combine all those images using uh, layer masks. You can actually edit out the, the, the shite bits that you don't like. And you end up with this pristine looking, beautifully lit product that normally if you shot that in a studio in one shot, it's like a five light shot that would take you ages. And this is so quick and easy and it gives you a really good result. Uh, And so uh, Goldie's, I've got uh, tutorials on how I do this uh, and, you know, the one light wonder to to, to get this as well. So you can check that out. Now, finally, uh, jewellery is like really tricky and highly reflective uh, items are really tricky to shoot. And there is a great way that you can do this really DIY. So you can get something called a light tent that uh, a lot of product photographers that are doing lots of stuff like to buy. And it's basically a box that's got Mm. like translucent sides, top, side and bottom. And you can put lights on the side, into the top and uh, into the bottom. And basically it's like this light box that lights the product evenly, but you can actually create your own. So um, Mm. I've done a jewelry shot and I don't have much jewelry, but I've managed to find one. Like, (laughs) I think this was from when I was a baby, actually. (laughs) This Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's how, that's what Italians do. They give their their kids like these beautiful. Like I had these. Uh, I had um, when I was three, yes. I had diamond earrings. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. much to my parents' <laughs> disgust, <laughs> I threw them away because I was the only oh kid. At, I was the only kid in primary school that had diamond earrings. In in like no, it was like, I think I was like four, four or five. Right, a kinder Ooh, with diamond cool. earrings, pretty fancy. But I was yeah. embarrassed. I'm like, I don't, I don't look like everyone else with my diamond earrings. So I threw them away. Oh my god. Yeah. So I've still got this uh, little ruby ring though that I've kept. Where'd you but throw them? 
into the sand pit, apparently. Oh, my God. I know. I know. So just a really quick one because jewellery is something like everyone's got like a ring or an earring or a bracelet or something, and this is a really good way for you guys to practice uh, this particular lighting style. So what you want to do with jewellery, and because you're shooting super macro, right, you want to make sure that you spend time cleaning it, getting rid of all the fingerprints. You're going to find that there's like, like a little bit of dust and um, you'll find that there's scratches on it and everything, but make sure it's, you know, your surface is pristine and everything's nice and clean and what I've done is I've got examples of my lighting setup but basically what I've done is I've got like a uh, a cone I've made a tube of uh, paper right can you mm -hmm. see there's a shot from above Val where you can see that what the first setup you can see that I've got my um, shooting from above and showing you looking down bird's eye view you can see that I've yes. got my Godox continuous light and it's on a boom now a boom is something that's just going to make your life so much. I think it's a. I think it's one of those investments that you buy one, buy it well, and you'll love it to death. It's. I think it's so important for all the portrait photography. You just get better lighting when you can boom it, and also for product photography, it's just really nice when you can light from above. So I've got my little Godox continuous light. And you can light. look at, you, everyone, you can look at um, these behind-the-scenes shots in the show notes, which are at ginamilitia.com. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I've got my um, Godox uh, continuous light on a boom above a little table that I've set up and I've got yep. a little piece of plexiglass there, white plexiglass on the table, and I've placed the ring there on the table. Now, I've taken a shot to show you what it looks like without uh, just shooting that ring with daylight. And it kind of yeah. looks okay. You can see I've, uh, it's sharp. It looks all right. Yeah. That's, that's what it looks like with daylight. But mm. then what I've done is I have uh, – so I've got my camera now in position that it, I know where I need to be with the camera. And then what I've done is I've, made, I've created a uh, – a, tube using uh white paper like just a a tube that goes all the way around the ring okay and i've cut a hole into the side of the tube that my lens will fit into so that i'm shooting down into the tube so that the the light the ring is covered by a tube and then i place my light above the tube going into the tube so the the light is the ring is lit from above, but it's surrounded by white paper all the way around it. Does that make sense, Val? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Okay, so the first thing I do is take a shot uh, with the light shining on it, and I've got the, you can see that the with the tube on it, there are absolutely no reflections and the ring looks really good. Then I take a second shot, Val, because... Mm -hmm. I can't with one frame get the ring to look good and also get the, the actual uh, ruby that's in there to come to life. So what I need to do for the ruby is backlight it. So what I've done is just um, under that, still with the overhead light on, is I've just used a, a little uh, pen light flash. that it, I've got this um, little um, flashlight 
that you can focus the beam so I can make the beam harder or softer and it's just a little LED $10 light but basically what I've done is I've brought and you can see the edge of the the flashlight there in the shot and yes. I've brought it as close to the ring as possible without without it obscuring any of the actual physical part of the ring and I'm backlighting the ring so that I light up the the ruby and then what I've done is taken those two images into Photoshop, merged them together, and you get the final result where the the um, the ring. See, that's and so no... cool. That's so clever that you've shone the light through the back of the gemstone to make it glow more. It glows more, and and yeah, also fantastic. the because what you'll find is if you try and shoot, if you can see the original shot now, uh, which was shot with daylight Val. Have a look at everything in the entire room is reflected in the in the shiny bits of the the ring. So there's like areas of black. There's little highlights from the window, and it's not that pristine. But when I put this tube of uh, card around the actual product, mm. then I've got a shot where there is no like I'm not seeing any black reflections. On the camera's not reflected in the ring. There's no highlights from windows. It's just like a cleanly lit shot. And then I combine it with the uh, ruby that's back lit and you can merge yep. those two images together and you get something that looks half decent. And it's really, guys, it's so easy to do and I'm using examples. I'm not giving you broncolor lighting or $50,000 setups. This can be done with a kit lens. It can be done yeah. with an iPhone. You do need a tripod. Brilliant. You do need to secure your... But but what why I'm telling you this is like this is so easy that you can do it in your bedroom, in your lounge room. You just need a little corner where you can mm. set up. You don't even need daylight because you can light it and you can just go and get yourself a couple of cheap $5 flashlights and just play around and experiment and you'll be surprised at uh, what you can get. And so what I would like for you guys to do is um, if you've got some MacGyver setups and you've shot products, share them in the Facebook group. I would love to see what you do. And if you have any other suggestions, uh, all the product photographers out there, show us your work. I'd love to see it. Okay. Wow. Fantastic. That is like a university degree in product photography. Well, it's in an introduction, Val. It sort well, of covers yes, it, but it's true. a good idea to know what the different styles are. It's a really good way are. to get yes, started. It's, it's a yes. little, you know, but, but please don't be intimidated by this. The learning is in the doing and it's like it's going to make so much sense if you just have a go and please, please, please try the focus stacking because you can use it in all um, aspects of your photography and also the, the the light painting basically what is what I did with the, um, the ring. I'd love to see what you do. So do share. Brilliant. Okay, so this brings us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, where do we find you online, Gina? So you can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm on all social media at Gina Militia. And if you want to take your photography to the next level, do join me in the goal community. You can find out more. Go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. What about you, Val? Uh, you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources 
and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.